Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I'm excited to be back with you today for our 12th episode on Season 5 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. For those who are listening, if you haven't already, we would uh, certainly encourage you to go check out all the material on the network. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, you can find us on YouTube. You can also contact us, the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com, and we'd just certainly love to hear from you. But we certainly appreciate all of our listeners, all the support, and most of all, we appreciate all the prayers that have been offered on our behalf. I mentioned in the very first episode of this season, as we're weathering the storm with Peter, that the first 11 episodes or so would be solo, but now we are picking up with this episode and for the next uh, I guess seven or eight episodes. I've got my good friend Jonathan Jenkins with me, and Brother Jonathan and I are going to walk through these episodes together, and I hope this is going to be beneficial and helpful uh, for all of you who are listening. Uh, I've mentioned in, in episodes past the history between Jonathan and I and how God has really blessed us, been with us, uh, not only as, as brothers in Christ, but He's given us open doors of opportunities, and this is one, as now we're in South Georgia together, working together, uh, we have the opportunity to get together in person and to record these episodes. So really excited uh, to have Jonathan with me and, and just to to be able to go through the Word of God together. It's been a, been a joy. So the title of this episode is Handling Criticism. And I don't know about all of you listening. Jonathan, I know me and you've talked about this, but criticism uh, for some people is crippling, uh, even if it's constructive, even if it's something that you know, may may help them. They don't want to hear it. And a lot of times people, like we were saying before we before we started hitting record, some people shut down and they don't have enough humility to do that. So let's just kind of introduce this. Let's talk about it for a second. When we think about criticism, is there such a thing as positive and negative, or is it just one or the other when it comes to criticism? What would you say? I would say, yeah, there's, there's definitely a difference mm-hmm. in – uh, someone criticizing you to bring you down and someone yeah. criticizing you to lift you up That's true. to true. bring you back or bring you up to a level uh, that you need to be at. Um, sometimes they uh, were criticized to bring the best out. And mm-hmm. then sometimes people criticize us uh, in, in ways that maybe almost in an insulting way. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes it comes across that way and it's hard for us to say, well, is that going to help me, or are they just trying to tear me down? Right. But what we're going to study about here in a moment with Peter is you can choose how you respond to criticism. Uh, you can hear it and say, well, they're just being critical, and I don't want nothing else to do with them. Or you can hear it and have some self-evaluation to say, maybe that was warranted. Maybe I needed to hear that. Uh, so with that, let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Uh, if you're listening and you are somewhere you can open up your Bibles. We're going to just walk through this text. If you're familiar with this, this is, of course, when Peter is going to face some criticism. And again, our, our theme this season is weathering the storm with Peter. So let's think about this event in Peter's life when when uh, he, he was he was criticized. You may remember in our last episode, we talked about Peter weathering the storm of the weight of a gospel preacher and what he did in Acts chapter 10. Remember, he opened the door to the Gentiles. Well, here he's in a situation uh, where it seems as if he's he's kind of forgotten that. Uh, you have the Jews and the Gentiles, and they're here together. 
you have this this scene unfolding. Barnabas is involved. You have everybody together, kind of sitting around eating and, and you know being in, in each other's company. But then you jump down to verse eleven of Galatians chapter two, and of course this is Paul writing to the churches of Galatia. He said, "When Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face." because he was to be blamed. And then he explains why. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. The thing that jumps out to me, Jonathan, is is in verse 13. And Paul says the Jews also played the hypocrite. He's implying that Peter was being hypocritical. So based on this, was Peter to be blamed? Well, Paul said he was. Right. <laughs> he, he said, I was stood into the face because he was to be blamed. Peter was in the wrong in, in this occasion. And Peter knew better, if we can say it that way. You know, P- Peter's the one to open the door to the Gentiles. And here he's kind of going back and forth. So he, he was criticized. Now, the question is, how did he handle the criticism? So, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, to go over to 2 Peter chapter 3 and read verse 15 for us. And while Jonathan's opening to that, let's think about the fact that, that Peter is writing these words many years later to Christians who are being persecuted and undergoing heavy criticism for sure for being Christians. But notice what Peter says about Paul in this text. In the account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. He calls him beloved. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Not only beloved, but a beloved brother. That's right. Yeah. And sometimes the, the biggest criticism you can get is from your own brethren. I don't know why that is. Sometimes uh, it just seems like that's where it comes from the most. Maybe it's because that's who we're around the most, which is a good thing. But to the point, like you just said, Peter didn't call him, oh, the Apostle Paul who called me out and embarrassed me in front of everybody. It's not what he said. He said he's he's a beloved brother. So it seems as if Peter handled criticism the right way and understood, you know what, I was wrong. And I I respect Paul for coming and doing what he did. Because he, he didn't do that to bring glory to himself. He actually did this, you know, for the glory of God, for the cause of Christ. And and Peter, in, in Peter's estimation, hey, I was wrong. Uh, I respect Paul for doing this. And so really, Jonathan, for us as, as gospel preachers, we, we take criticism. Preach too long, preach too short. Too many scriptures, not enough. Uh, ties crooked to the left, crooked to the right. Don't like that color. I mean, it could be all kinds of things that, that we're criticized for. The question is, and with this episode, how do we weather that storm of criticism? Peter did. Peter did it the right way. But maybe let's just kind of talk about sometimes in ministry or even outside of ministry, when we can go back and remember being criticized, uh, maybe just kind of we can share how we handled it. Well, my mind immediately goes back to Memphis School of Preaching. Both of us having that in our background, we understand criticism on a level mm-hmm. that uh, maybe some don't. Uh, yeah. And in the beginning, when you start and you get up there and you give your all, uh, you, uh, what I'm getting at is every morning we start at MSOP, we start our day off with chapel. And one of those elected students will <laughs> be the one to 
uh, give the word that morning. They have a time limit that they have to give. They have a, um, a, a certain structure that they have to give this uh, sermon in. They have uh, they have to bring zeal and excitement along with it. So you are, are and you're literally under a spotlight. I remember can yeah. feel the heat of that light, of, you know, <laughs> on the back of my head yep. as I was standing up there. And every uh, everything in that moment is so amplified mm-hmm. because you know that there's an instructor on the on the front row with a clipboard in hand, and he's right. he's looking and, and waiting on on those things that you might not necessarily get right. And mm-hmm. so then after you give your all, you sit down only to be uh, criticized. (laughs) And so you have to, first of all, learn how to receive it. Yeah. First of all, that, that instructor is not there to crucify me. Right. I think that a lot of times we need to realize that, that Mm -hmm. the people who are bringing criticism in their life, maybe they're um, ones who are, And it was a hangout. <laughs> it's all right. I'm sorry. It's all right. Hey, Adam, when you edit that from about nine minutes to 925, just go ahead and knock it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Getting back to it. Yeah. We have to learn criticism on a level that some people don't realize. And mm-hmm. being there, like I said, being under the spotlight, uh, knowing that there's an instructor on the front row with a clipboard in hand with uh, listening to everything you say, making sure you're saying it right. When you sit down after giving your all, you have to kind of face the music. Yeah. And uh, that, that part of Memphis is a very difficult part for the preacher because as we are going, as we're going through Memphis, we're really trying hard. And it it seems like every time that we sit down, we have something else that we need to work on, Mm -hmm. but it's not because the fact that he's up there with a, with a pen as a bully. He's not being a bully. No, he wants the best. He wants to see the best coming out of us. Uh, I remember, uh, specifically brother Liddell at one time, he, uh, yeah, it was, it was a hard quarter and he walked through the break room and he told my wife, he said, your son's doing a good job or your, your husband's doing a good job. And, uh, I said, and and she said, well, really? Because, he he is uh he's really struggling right now. He might need that. And the next time I got a report, it said Attaboy on there. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave me a he gave me an A on that report, and I was like, whoa, wow. And Attaboy, yep. that was what I needed. Mm-hmm. I realized then that criticism and the criticism that I was receiving was not directed. Yeah in a mean way. It wasn't an insult. And, and, and I had to change my thinking. I had to realize, wait a minute, these guys are not bullies with a pen. Right. They're wanting the bet. They're wanting to pull the best out. That's right. They want me to see that I can do better and that there is more out there. And, um, so yeah, we have to, first of all, know how to respond. Yeah, that's right. And, and realize that the people who are bringing criticism aren't always out there to be the bad guy. Yeah. They, they might just want to see something good. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and your point of Memphis is, is so right because the ones who were giving us the criticism, it wasn't destructive. It wasn't trying to destroy us. It was constructive. It was trying to build us up and make us better and help us grow. And I know both of us are indebted to Memphis. We love that school. We love those instructors for what they did because, like you said, it 
they've been there, done that <laughs> for yeah. years and years. They've handled criticism, you know, probably worse than what we have uh, at times, but they, they've been through that. And by doing that helped us in an environment where we understand, Hey, they're trying to, they're trying to help us be better. And I think going back to Paul and Peter, that had a lot to do with that. Paul's essentially saying, Peter, you're better than this. And you have a lot of example here. You have a lot of influence here. And you've got to think about what you're doing and who's watching. And so he needed that. And, and Peter responded the right way. He received it. And one thing that, that Dabo Sweeney says at Clemson all the time is consider the source. When you're criticized heavily, consider the source. Uh, we need to do that, you know, as Christians too. You know, when people criticize us, well, who's it coming from? What's their intention behind that? Um, and so I think that's an awesome, awesome example. And again, as as preachers, and and I know I, I've I, I've been blessed in these these past I guess four years now that have been been in local work that I haven't had to handle a ton of criticism. But the times that you do, or you know, you have to, somebody says something, it will stick with you for a while. Yeah, but you have to learn, like you said, you got to learn how to receive it and have tough skin, I guess, and say, you know, yeah, they're being critical. But that's my brother. Right. You know, that's my sister in Christ. And, and I'm going to take that. I'm going to choose to take that criticism and not let it, you know, bury me, but let it build me up and let it help me. So for those of you listening, you may say, well, when I'm criticized, I, I don't like it. I don't think anybody likes it. But by having the right perspective, it can help us handle it and be better for it. Um and so that's that's a great example. And I'm again in ministry, it, it just kind of comes with the territory. But I was thinking too, um, from a baseball standpoint, as a player, I was criticized a lot. Um, but what was the criticism for? It made me better. You know, my swing's not what it ought to be. My hands are too high. My hands are too low. Uh, I'm pulling out. I'm I'm stepping in the bucket. Or if I'm pitching, I'm I'm not throwing this the right way, whatever the case may be. And now as a coach, I can go back to how I was criticized as a player, and now I can offer it to somebody, hopefully in a constructive way. I've been there, done that. Now I'm trying to help you. And so maybe we can apply that spiritually too, you know, to to our brethren who may be uh, more, more mature in the faith, been there, done that. They've handled their share of criticism, and they try to help us. And so, again, I think your point about, how we receive it is extremely important and considering the source. Peter considered the source. Did Paul have any room to talk about how to handle criticism? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Paul was left for I mean, read Second Corinthians chapter 11. Look at what Paul went through. He was criticized. Um, but a lot of that criticism he looked at and said, yeah, I was wrong in my, in my former days. And he mentions that. You know, I was trying to destroy the faith and now I'm preaching it. So, Criticism is, again, it comes to the territory. Uh, those who strive to be godly are going to handle criticism. We're going to have it. But how we respond to it is what can help us weather that storm. So we've kind of shared, you know, what Peter went through and what we've been through. Maybe there's another thing, uh, another area of life you want to bring up at the time you had criticism. One of the things that uh, I thought about, I actually jotted it down, at my first work mm -hmm. in Louisiana, one of the elders came up to me respectfully and he said, can I talk to you for just a moment? And I said, yeah, that's fine. And, uh, 
we had just had pew packers and my oldest son uh had it wasn't acting right you know mm-hmm. he was being a kid yeah. he was being a kid and and um of course i had to get under uh, i had to get underneath him you know that's mm-hmm. what i always say <laughs> i gotta get underneath him and and so i got onto him a little bit and um the elder he, he just pulled me to the side and he said i'm not trying to tell you how to be a parent I, you do a great job at that he said but if i could offer just a little bit of criticism um do that away from everybody else next time yeah and i was like oh and yeah. it hurt at yeah. first it hurt like you said a while ago mm-hmm. sometimes criticism is not always going to be fun yeah. to hear but um i needed to hear that mm-hmm. and i needed that lesson and i thank god for it all the time whenever i think about the fact that you know when i'm disciplining my child i hear mr Keith's voice yeah. in the back of my head right. not for mean you know he wasn't being a mean he wasn't being a bully he didn't think that i was even being mean or that i was a bad parent he right. he, he laid it all out there and he told me he said this is not because you i think you're bad this is not because i think that there's a uh the, the, that i have a problem with you i just if i could offer you some criticism this mm-hmm. is how i might handle that next time and i got to think about it considering the source mm-hmm. this is an 84 year old man yeah. Who had raised two uh, two sons himself. Right. So here I am with two sons. He sees me as a young Christian mm-hmm. wanting to do the best that I possibly can. And he just offers a little bit of advice. That's right. Sometimes they would just want to bring out the best. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, right. of course, you got to, uh, considering the source, mm-hmm. it may just be, it may be a case where uh, it's more of an insult and they're they're criticizing you on a, on a negative, yeah. from a negative point of view. But, some people are just critical. Right. But thank goodness for Memphis. Yeah. Thank God for right. Memphis School That's of Preaching. Right. That's right. Uh, and, and what it allowed me to do while I was there, learning how to receive criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that I would have received it the right way mm-hmm. had I not considered the source. Right. Um, but like you said, Peter, he considered the source. Mm-hmm. Paul had all the room in the world to talk about criticism. That's right. Having been where he was at and admitting that he was wrong, yeah. coming to Christ and living the life that he did. Uh, one of our instructors from Memphis often used to say, how do you stop a man like Paul? That's right. You know, <laughs> he was unstoppable. The man it just was. got up. You stone him, he just gets up and keeps on preaching. That's right. You put him in prison, he gets out and keeps on preaching. Writes the Bible. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Criticism, a lot of times, if we will allow it to mold us, can help us. That's right. That's a great, great way to put it. And with that, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is humility. And both Paul and Peter emphasized humility. Uh, You know, that's what God is looking for. He's looking for the humble heart. He's looking for one who can handle this criticism and take it and be better for it. Uh, And I was just thinking when you were talking about that with that elder there in Louisiana, 84-year-old man with two sons, who's to say he didn't have an 84-year-old man come to him exactly. when he was in that same boat. So, yeah, considering the source and, and not allowing not allowing criticism to just destroy us and make us think bad about somebody else, don't let that happen. You know, as we weather the storm of criticism, let's, let's respond, let's handle it the right way, like we have these examples in Scripture, and, and it can actually help us. It can help us grow. And like you said, sometimes it's, it's not enjoyable the moment it's painful very nobody wants to hear that they're wrong nobody wants to be told you didn't do that right you should have done it this way 
But when you reflect and, and you, you humble yourselves, then that's when you can really grow. Right. Peter could have let this destroy him, yeah. and then we wouldn't have had uh, what we read as First and Second Peter. That's right. You know, but he chose to take it constructively mm-hmm. and build off of it, and yeah. then um, receive it in the right manner. Exactly. Heather, my wife, I learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Um, her uh, just watching her walk with the Lord, and yeah. one of the things that she had as a resolution last year and since it's the beginning of the year that's on our mind mm-hmm. um her resolution last year was to respond rather than react that's good um yeah and it's perfect and for this episode on, <laughs> yeah she worked on that all year mm-hmm. and we we had a conversation about a week ago about how she feels like maybe you know she has improved in a lot of areas on responding rather than reacting yeah. if we will take a breath Mm-hmm. breathe in just a moment and re- realize that this person's probably not trying to crucify me in this sense. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to help. He or she's just trying to help. Um, we could grow from it. That's right. Well, and it's interesting you brought up that language of crucify because we're going to segue to our final point here in this episode is when you think about handling criticism, who is the perfect example? Who can we really look to to make sure we can weather that storm. And it's none other than Jesus. Jesus was criticized even though he did nothing wrong, literally did nothing wrong. For us, when we're criticized, there might be some some value there. Uh, In other words, there's probably some substance to that criticism because at the end of the day, we we do mess up and we're not perfect. But Jesus, there's there's no room for improvement, if I can say that for Jesus. Hebrews 7, 26, he was perfect, harmless, sinless, separate from sinners. Jesus, he, he was criticized after healing somebody. Can you imagine that? You know, healing somebody on the Sabbath, and what do they do? They come and, and they're so upset, and he just healed a man. He fed 5,000 plus. He, he helped the blind to see. He he helped the woman who was allegedly caught in the act of adultery there in John chapter 8. Jesus helped people. He loved people. And yet he was criticized. But I guess we want to ask this question. How did Jesus handle criticism? What did what specifically can we read about, maybe even from Peter's writing uh, there in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2? What, what do we think about with, with Jesus? And Jonathan, what comes to your mind thinking, how, how did Jesus handle criticism? Well, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. You know, um, in verse 23 there it says, Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Hmm. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. Um, I think perspective his perspective there he wasn't thinking about himself Mm -hmm. he was thinking about something greater that's right you know and he was he was trying to make sure that he fulfilled the father's will and so with the father's will in mind Mm -hmm. he continued steadfastly he could take it he could handle whatever criticism was thrown his way yeah and i and i think you know bringing out that point about jesus if we have that mentality it's going to be hard for anybody to bring us down. 
Yeah. And again, there is some criticism that that is warranted, that there is some substance to it. You know, if I'm, I say something from the pulpit or we say something in teaching or preaching that's not accurate, I need to be criticized for that. And I would hope yeah. that somebody would. Um, and so maybe, maybe, like you said, that word perspective. If we have perspective and we have humility, that can help us be more Christ-like and that can really help us turn criticism, even if it's from a wrong source, if it's meant to bring us down, we can actually use that as fuel to help us grow, help us to be better. Uh, Jesus, like we said, he was like that, that text, and it's ironic that Peter's writing that, you know, Peter had a great example to follow. Jesus was criticized in every single way, but he did not let them stop him from doing the will of his father and changing the world for better. So therefore, let us lay aside the weight and sin that easily besets us and let us run with patience or endurance the race that's set before us looking unto Jesus. There you go. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Amen. That's how we handle criticism. Uh, Jonathan, I thank you for being with me today. To all of you who are listening, I hope that this episode will help you. If criticism is a storm that you face, that this is a this material and the things we've talked about today will help you to handle it. Uh, we think about Peter's example, but more importantly, we think about Jesus' example and who God wants us to be as his people. Let's make sure we handle criticism the right way to the glory of God. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you as you weather the storm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.